The following is paid programming. Securities offered through Peak Brokerage, LLC. Member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Independent Solutions Wealth Management. The financial guys in Independent Solutions are not an affiliate of Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. The political views on this show do not reflect the views of Peak Brokerage. This show is not intended to provide specific legal, tax, investment, or other professional advice. Please consult a professional for your specific situation. This radio show is for informational purposes only and is not intended to solicit or recommend any particular security. The information discussed is obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but its accuracy and completeness are not guaranteed. Should we build the wall? Ooh, I don't think so. I don't believe in it. Why would you say you, you don't believe in it? Uh, because um, I just don't think it's fair. It's time to talk money. What other suggestions would you have to assist Border Patrol from you know preventing any drugs, guns, people, smuggling people across the border? I think it's it all comes down to attitude. It's the Financial Guys radio program with local financial experts Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. So if people are crossing it illegally, how do we get them to kind of do their fair share of paying taxes once they get a, one of those, fill one of those jobs or anything like that? Actually, I'm not concerned about necessarily paying taxes. Build that wall! Build that wall! Build that wall! Now, live from the WBEN studios, here's Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. Alrighty, welcome back. Mike Lomas, Glenn Wiggle, financial guys. <laughs> I'm laughing. Do I spin this around? Yeah. Is that, that what this does? <laughs> Unreal. Uh, Mike Lomas, Glenn Wiggle, financial guys. I am, um, I'll just hold the mic, I guess. I'll feel like a rock star. I'll just walk back and forth and sing a little bit here. Um, we are the Financial Guys, a place where money meets politics. And um, as many of you know, I've been here on the air here in western New York for 20 years. Uh, a few months down in South Florida, uh, new station AM 850. I just, I just, I'll lean, I'll lean. The mic will work. I'll just lean. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. Got some duct tape, right? Chicken yeah, wire. No, don't worry about. It. I'll just lean. I just make yeah. it happen. Yeah, it's um, I'm I'll pretty flexible. I'm 44, but I've got the body of a 25 year old. <laughs> Frank didn't think that was funny. He's like, yeah, right. Um, so, uh, Place for Money Meets Politics, Mike Lomas, Glenn Wiggle. Thanks for tuning in here. Uh, this is a live call and talk show, by the way. So for those of you down in South Florida, you can pick up the phone. It is okay to call us. one 800 616 Yeah, 3930 on the text board, 3930. And um, uh, we'd love to get your involvement on there, AM850. On for the first hour, our flagship office here in western New York, of course, AM 930, News Radio 930, WBEN, and 8030930, star 930. And as I say, as we say each and every week, please do not wait to the end of the show to call in. Yeah, every single week, 3 o'clock, phone lines are packed and we don't get to them. Uh, special shout out to Dave DiPietro and Russ Thompson. And God bless Russ Thompson. He is back. He is uh, healthy. And uh, and he was awesome. So uh, so that was really great. I, I uh, had we we played hooky last week. We were out. Uh, actually, we had a, a meeting down in South Florida, and meetings for the week. Uh, I was back in town. We were both back in town, but um, it was nice to not have to rush back in, fly back in on a Saturday morning, and rush into the studio. But I did catch uh, Russ and Dave, and they were awesome. And they're always funny because I'm always texting them during the show. Hey, thanks, man. And they're like, uh, why don't you just take a, a weekend off? I'm like, well, I'm doing some yard work. I had my I had my headsets on, so it was <laughs> yeah, good. good to hear him back on the air, though. Yeah, wonderful to have him back for sure, no doubt. You know, I want to mention I also have a the body of a 25 year old Mike. And <laughs> unfortunately, that 25 year old has been living in his mom's basement for the last seven years <laughs> eating Twinkies. 
<laughs> so the body has the 25 body. year olds are, are not all <laughs> not all equal so uh well mentally i'm there physically that's why it's funny i play pick pick up basketball once in a while on a monday night and like i know the ball's there i think i yeah. can steal the ball but he dribbles past me. <laughs> right. It's amazing because your brain wants your body to move in a certain way. Yes. And you think you're moving in that mm-hmm. way. And then it's like you're moving in slow motion because yeah. your body just doesn't cooperate. Yep. And sometimes you are moving that way, just slower. And the, and then the yeah. other person, in the case of basketball, is moving the other way. Yeah. Like, you're, like they move by you like you're standing still. It's amazing. That's right. Yeah, good times. Uh, do, we, got, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about. Actually, we do a podcast, by the way, every week. So make sure you hop on our um our website, thefinancialguys.com or financialguys.com, and uh, follow some of our podcasts. But we'll grab. Uh, we're trying to get you know. Podcast usually comes out Wednesday, Thursday. Trying to grab some material, uh, some of the material from the podcast, and uh, continue to roll with that. Probably end up talking a little bit about trade, of course, uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, China and uh, what it's done to the stock market. A lot of volatility, which uh, Donald Trump said months and months ago. Look at, I'm going to fight China. I'm going to get better deals for us. It is going to cause some short-term volatility, and I think in the investment world, a lot of people think, "Oh boy, one day, one one week." You know that that right. is short-term, folks. That's not right. long-term. So we'll right. talk more about that as the show progresses here on uh, absolutely on News Radio 930 WBN, and of course uh, WFTL for those of you down in South Florida, AM 850. 1-800-616-9236. Before we begin, before you begin even, I wanted to wish my wife a happy birthday. Today is her birthday. She oh, is I 30 years her. old again with <laughs> 17 years of experience. So, we've been, uh, <laughs> But happy birthday to my uh, beautiful wife, Marcy, and happy Mother's Day to not only my wife, but my mother and all the mothers out there. You guys, really every day should be Mother's Day. You guys do a lot of work and uh, certainly... Without the mothers out there, we would be lost as somebody. Fathers, somebody no forgot to buy a present. Well, yeah, time. We got time. <laughs> we got time. It's not till tomorrow. Mother's Day's not till tomorrow. You got all afternoon. Just like take you're a, really kissing up there. The, uh, uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's not call me out here live on the air. No, no, I got this covered. Uh, you know, Sherry's berries and uh, and the and the flower places are, are wonderful. <laughs> that's right. Place. They that's cater right. to people like me, right? And, and you probably too, right? They they that's they're right. open like round the clock. You know, order at well, two o'clock in the morning. They're still here by nine. No, it's all good. Yep, that's Sorry. right. Yes, God bless some others out there. Yep. Uh, all right. But in the meantime, I definitely want to. Uh, we have a special guest on the live line here, no stranger to the show, and I wanted to bring him up, Carl Pelladino, Mr. Pelladino. How are you, sir? I'm very good, Carl. Uh, can we Thanks turn Carl up us. just appreciate a little bit? I, I appreciate you calling in. Now you have been all over the news this week. You put together a proposal to uh, to purchase the Perry Projects. Now I am really, really, really confused by all of this because. My understanding was the city of Buffalo was going to have to take on the responsibility of cleaning up these projects, which have been an absolute disgusting eyesore to the city for decades. They've been filled with uh, crime and all kinds of, you know, not good activity going on. Just disgusting to look at. It's that it's that first impression in and the last impression out of the city. And you come up with a proposal to say, look at, I'll take this upon myself, private money, not government money will do this. And it seems like you're once again, smashing your head up against a wall. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about what's going on. Well, for those not familiar with the site, uh, this, this is a, a 10 block or so piece of uh, real estate north of South Park, uh, 
in the first ward. The south of South Park is one and two family dwellings, and it's a relatively solid neighborhood, except that people are finding that their property values are not changing, uh, uh, that uh, uh, there's a hesitancy of new people to move into the neighborhood, uh, which we've witnessed also in prospects for developments that we've built down in that neighborhood, uh, because of the uh, obvious blight of 53 two- and three-story buildings located on this 10-block area, which is known as the Perry Project. Now, there's six high-rise buildings. We're not talking about those buildings. We're only talking about the low-rise buildings, all of which are vacant, boarded up, and spewing out rats and other rodents, okay, into the neighborhood. Yeah. <clears throat> because because they're very uh, lightly attended to, if, if any at all. Yeah, not to mention a nice hideout for some drug addicts, right? right. Um, you These know, are condemned buildings, like, just make, to be clear. Like, yeah, these are boarded up, they're condemned, nobody's living there, they've been boarded up for a while now. Now, right? the Municipal Housing Authority, at times in the past, had money from HUD. It's my understanding that at one time they had $25 million to tear down uh, those low-lying structures that were built in the 1930s and that are dysfunctional today by, uh, at any evaluation. In other words, you can't go in there and remodel these things. They're full of mold. They've, they've, uh, they've just de- 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 degenerated into uh, nothing but an eyesore and a smelly, ugly taint uh, uh, on that neighborhood. Uh, so... The city estimated, and I saw it in the newspaper, they said it's going to cost us $10 million to knock them down, and we don't have any current money to do it because they wasted all the money that uh, had been given to them by HUD on other things. And, and uh, uh, I mean, the, the Municipal Housing Authority has not been the, the best-run operation in the city of Buffalo over the last 25 years. I mean, mm-hmm. the FBI goes into... Uh, check them out. Uh, the HUD inspector general comes in from Washington and claims jurisdiction, and then they cover up anything that went on. Mm-hmm. So uh, people like this uh, Don Sanders uh, uh, ran the place for quite quite a few years, and she finally resigned. And to replace her, they they took the attorney that was there during all of this decadence. Okay, over the last twenty years, uh, named Gillian Brown, and they made him the director. Apparently, because because he knows where all the bodies are, and, and they just want to continue the cover-up of the mistakes of the past. But in any event, uh, I submit a letter, uh, unsolicited, to the Municipal Housing Authority saying, I will take these properties off your hands. I will demo the buildings. I will then replace the buildings with uh, a, 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 a multi-use housing and uh, retail uh, development and uh, uh, I'll give you the specifics after you would name me as a preferred developer so I'm not out there wasting my money hiring architects and designers to uh, to put something together. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, given our track record, we've been very responsible uh, developers in, in the city. <clears throat> we've always kept our promises on everything that we've done. Social media took off on the $1 purchase price. They seem to... They don't read the entire article and see that we're going to spend ten million dollars that the city wouldn't otherwise have to, that municipal housing authority wouldn't otherwise have to spend, or some lesser number because obviously government does things the hard way and and pays extra with all the the foolish laws that we have on construction. Mm-hmm. So 
uh, that's the status of things right now. Gillian Brown has responded to, not directly to us, but through the newspaper uh, or through the media, that uh, uh, he's not a, he's not going to answer us because we made an unsolicited offer. I, Carl, I, let me just, and that that's where I get like I, I get, I guess I get frustrated, and this, these are my words, not yours, but you I can't imagine them not reaching out to you. And saying, Carl, thank you so much for making an attempt to try to clean up this garbage. Can we sit down and have a cup of coffee and talk about it? I mean, I can't imagine that, that, going to, going around any developer and going to the news before I would reach back out to that person and say thank you. And to your point before, with the track record, that's huge, right? To me, if somebody in the city who has a very good track record of redoing buildings and, and and redoing projects and building projects like that, I want to talk to you. I would think well, you'd be the first guy I'd want to return a call to and a letter to. And the fact that you reached out and said, hey, look, at I'm willing to take this project on myself, I'm just really confused as it blows my mind that any government agency wouldn't want to transfer that energy. Uh, first of all, they don't even have the money, these to your are point, the, <laughs> to these you. These are the wizards of smart, though. I mean, this is, it doesn't blow my mind not one bit. Because these people have no idea what it means to be in the private sector. If you look at the what's happened in downtown Buffalo with the investments from you, Carl, with the investments from uh, the Pagula family and many other fantastic developers in downtown Buffalo, that's why Buffalo is coming back. When you look at the state-run projects, I don't know, what comes to mind is Solar City. They're all failing, right? And so it's not because of a, a government bureaucrat or a government agency, whether it be the municipal housing authority or anything else, that the city has come back. It's because of private developers and their private money and the risk that you guys have taken. To not have a level of respect for that from a, from any from anybody is is really despicable. And, and unfortunately, that's what you have in in bureaucrats in this state and all states across the country. But Western New York, as we said last week and two weeks ago, is really has a, a special kind of of politician that is unbelievably stupid, it seems. Hey, but, Carl, would you? Yeah. we got to take a quick break. Do you mind sticking with us? Do you mind just a few more minutes? Keep you on until about one thirty. Is that all right? Yep, that's fine. All right, sounds great. Mike Lomas, Gunwiggle Financial. Guys, place where money meets politics. By the way, if you have questions about you and your money, uh, you want to hop on board, always an open mic session, 8030930. If you're locally here down in South Florida, 1-800-616-9236. Love to talk to some Floridians that relocated from Western New York. I know you're listening because you call us and send us emails throughout the week. Again, 1-800-616-9236. Uh, if you need us throughout the week, 633-1515. If you think like us and you want a free review of your portfolio, whether it's a retirement planning, estate planning, Medicare planning, we have independent Medicare reps in our office. Again, 633 Three three one five one five South Florida five six one six one four two thousand. Real quick break. We'll uh, real quick break. We'll be right back. To reach Glenn and Mike now, call 803-0930, toll-free at 800-616-WBEN, and cell calls are free at star 930. All righty, welcome back. Mike Lomas, Glenn Wiggle, Financial Guys. Money meets politics, folks. If you think like us, use us as a resource, 633-1515, locally here, 561-614-2000. And uh, we'll bring Carl Palladino back up with us. And Carl is uh, nice enough to call in and explain what's going on with the Perry Projects, the rat-infested 
Uh, I'm sure a needle, all needles all over the floor infested uh, Perry projects that, uh, you know, I, I was tell you, I had a, a friends that were in from out of town uh, during the winter and we went to a hockey game and we were coming back and I cut yeah. through there yep. to hop back on the throughway and my one friend said, should I be nervous? I said, nobody lives there. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't think you should be. He goes, yeah. wow, that's, that's something else. I said, yeah. No doubt. He goes, do they have an official plan? I said, uh, yeah, I don't think so. Well, that is the question I have. I mean, if they're yeah. not soliciting bids right now, right? If they're not going to respond to an unsolicited offer, right? What is their plan? Do you do we have any idea, Carl? Well, I've been told that they, you know, they make these repeated annual uh, submissions to HUD to get money to do this, that, and the other thing, and that's that's their pace. Okay, that that's uh, that's their argument uh, is oh, we've made application, uh, uh, you know, we're. We're not about to solicit bids. Uh, uh, we're busy with other things, like mm. better figure that out. Mm. Uh, uh, basically, what you have is you have incompetent leadership that is, mm-hmm. doesn't have a vision. Uh, be, behind the scenes, they're, they're saying, well, you know, Paladino, could, if we give him title to this, he could sell it to, uh, I saw this on social media, he could sell it to the Pagoulas for $56 million to build a new state. Why don't they sell it to the Pagoulas? I mean, this is how <laughs> right. these, these wizards are smart. This things. is not rocket so the, science. So yeah. basically their plan is to wait until the things fall over. That's the plan, right? Until Literally wait until it falls over and, and they're, they're, they're you know a, a hazard to people, right? That's the plan? Uh, who knows how many decades away that is, okay? Yeah, not right. Pagula, the wisdom for Pagula is to build the stadium on the cobblestone parking lots Okay, uh, and hook it into the DLNW terminal. What that does is it gives you access by way of the train into all of the empty parking in downtown Buffalo that's empty during football games. Okay, there's there's over 20,000 parking spaces that you don't have to build for a new stadium. Okay, you save $300 million in building it on on that cobblestone stretch, and it makes all kinds of sense. But let's just say in the event that Pagula decided for some reason, okay, that he wants to go to the Perry Project, I'd sign an agreement immediately that any profits that would come out of that sale, okay, would would uh, uh, go immediately to the municipal housing authority. I'm not looking. Well, you're you're a bigger you're man a than bigger I, man than I <laughs> You've got a much bigger, generous wow. heart than me. Yeah. No doubt. To make money off of that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Unreal. So that's a that's a no brainer for him. I mean, there is a no lose situation. But Carl, I just can't understand why they're not reaching back out to you. By the way, Gillian Brown, I reached out to him. I left a message. Uh, their website, you'll find this hard to believe, was very dysfunctional. And no. yeah, and and most of the phone lines, by the way, that I called were not working. So my guess is they were paying for them because it said this is a line for the Buffalo Municipal Housing Authority, but yet not active. Well, I got to tell you, like when I shut my phone off, if you shut the financial guy's phone off and we stop paying the bills, it doesn't leave a message that says, hey, the financial guys were here, but it's not active. So uh, the total mismanagement between bed bugs and, I mean, just look at these properties. I mean, they're absolutely disgusting. So we know even the Buffalo News called them out. I think it was early March or something. Uh, the Buffalo News wrote an article about the the Buffalo Housing Authority ranking among the nation's worst. And when you know when the Buffalo News is calling a government agency out, you know you're bad. Well, I'm uh, I'm now demanding Gillian Brown's resignation. You know, uh, there's no sense in the people in the city of Buffalo having to put up with a director of the Municipal Housing Authority who's totally clueless as to what his responsibilities are, 
and who is seriously impacting that neighborhood when he could be do, doing something more positive than, than waiting for HUD to give him money to supposedly knock the housing down, which which happened before, and they didn't do it. Yeah, can, right. can I just say one thing, Carl, and hats off to you, and God bless you, because it seems to me that some of these projects don't really get going until you step up, and whether it works out or not, and whether you use your own money or not, or some, at least it, it starts to shine a light on how dysfunctional this agency truly is. I mean, you think about that. So, you know, this is me owning a business, Glenn owning a business, thinking to myself, wait a minute, there's a government agency and somebody steps up and says, I will transfer the risk to clean that mess up. And by the way, if I make a profit and we sell it to who you're worried about me selling it to, I'll give the profit back. I'll take all the risk. I would be at your doorstep on Monday at 6 o'clock in the morning with a gift basket. But here's the <laughs> but thing. But I will say this, though. You do shine a light on some of these projects, yep. and I'm hoping that at least, you know, it, it is absolutely disgusting. And by the way, it is truly embarrassing. When I say I'm from Buffalo, and I'm proud to be from Buffalo because of the people and, and you know, and some of the great resources we have there, but when you actually have to drive people certain ways to get through the city without being embarrassed by it, shame on them. Shame no on us. No doubt. Well, Gillian, or Gillian Brown, I mean, if he if he sells it, then he loses his nice $135,000 salary for being the uh, the housing authority uh, director or whatever. So I, I would guess, right? Sad. That's the only yeah. thing you could yeah. – why else would you not call him back? So, uh, uh, Carl, I appreciate you. Final words Thanks, here. we got about 30 seconds. No, that's about it. I- I wish you well, fellas, and I thank you for your service to the city. All right, God Thanks, bless. Carl, and I know, well. uh, I know you've agreed to uh, maybe fill in with Mr. Thompson now that his health is back. So I can't wait. Well, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah. All right, have a good weekend. See Thanks, you. God bless. Thanks. All right, Mike Lomas, Gun Wiggle Financial guys, we'll be back. You're listening to The Financial Guys. To reach Glenn and Mike now, call 803-0930, toll-free at 800-616-WBEN, and cell calls are free at star 930. All righty, welcome back. Mike Lomas, Glenn Wiggle, Financial Guys. We do manage money for a living, folks. Believe it or not, we have a ton of fun with this show. This is the place where money meets politics, and we love doing it each and every Saturday. Monday through Friday, managing money, whether it's retirement planning, estate planning, Medicare planning, by the way. We have independent Medicare reps. If you're turning 65, I would encourage you, by the way, most of the time and most of the ways people actually uh, select their Medicare plan is they just say, well, here's where my work plan was. I should just move it over. I would encourage you to sit down with one of our independent reps. It's a great opportunity to revisit. Maybe that is the case. Maybe it is the best plan, but maybe it's not. If you're working with an existing company, by the way, you can also reach out to our independent Medicare reps. You can actually sometimes put an advisor on that plan. So if something changes, one of our independent reps can alert you to the change and walk you through that change and and, and, uh, and give you the knowledge 
and the comfort of knowing what's going on. So use our team as a resource. By the way, that division doesn't cost you anything to use them. Uh, 633-1515 in Western New York. And uh, we've got Medicare, independent Medicare experts down in South Florida as well. 561-614-2000. And of course, retirement planning, a volatility in the stock market. Um, you know, our portfolios, uh, we, we manage money as a fiduciary, uh, which means we have to do what's in folks' best interest. But I'll tell you, one of the simple things I see a lot of advisors make the mistake of is not having the resource to, resources to simply rebalance their clients' portfolios. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll tell you that simple things like that minor baby steps along the way, minor changes can really help you stay on, on track to, to get to where you need to be and, and allow you to take advantage of some of the volatility that's going on. I've been saying for a long time, there's two things the market's looking at right now, the Fed and trade. And for those of you liberals that listen to the show because it's a train wreck for you, this is the place where money meets politics. Let me tell you why the stock market's been volatile, the Fed and trade political issues. Again, you want to hop on board here, 1-800-616-9236, star 930 if you're locally here in Western New York, 803-0930, 3930, if you'd like to text in. Uh, so where do you want to go, Glenn? Well, all the volatility this week was because of political issues, right? Yeah. Because of the tariff with China. So yep. Trump came back this week, for those of you that didn't uh, follow it, and basically said, okay, fine, you've passed the deadline. We are going to go forward with these tariffs. And, of course, the market saw you know, two back-to-back pretty ugly days. Yep. Good news is we saw some, some support and some bounce back. So, you know, the, and I think you know, the, the mistake that folks make, and you, you mentioned this in the, in the previous segment, Mike, is that people tend to take a very short-term view of the markets. Oh, my God, we've got a trade war going on or a perceived trade war or volatility in the stock market. So let's go to cash. Well, when are you going to use the money? Well, not for 10 years. Well, I mean, do you think there's going to be other things between now and 10 years? <laughs> That's I mean, right. You've really got to take the short-term noise and kind of try to ignore it and have a plan to rebalance and, and make sure that you've got a diversified portfolio to ride through it. If you try to react to each and every little event week to week to week, number one, you're going to drive yourself crazy. Uh, number two, you're going to spin your wheels because typically what happens is by the time you realize that, oh, my gosh, the markets are down, trade's bad, you go to cash on Thursday, the markets bounce back Friday. Now you're like, oh, my God, i got to get back <laughs> in. And next thing you know, you're chasing your tail. Don't That's be right. that investor. Don't be that person. Put just a, together a plan so you can invest for the long term. But certainly this week was all about political volatility, all about Trump and uh, and the tariffs with China. I do disagree with Trump, by the way, and, I, and we've said this before. You know, Trump's viewpoint is, you know, we're going to make more money through tariffs than we would, but what we're going to lose. That may or may not be true. I don't think he actually really believes it. I think in, in No, he's using hearts, it as a negotiation he, tactic. Yeah, yep. he wants to get down to right. a zero tariff, right? That's right. But you have to play the hand you're dealt. And unfortunately, yep. he was dealt a pretty bad hand. If you're ever going to have this fight, though, now's the, the time. time now's right. the time, right? That's right. Exactly. There's, I've been saying, exactly. I did an interview earlier this week, and I said there's two reasons why now's the time. 3.6 and 3.2. Mm-hmm. GDP rates and unemployment rates. That's right. Record, exactly. Well, I don't say record highs. We've had, we've grown faster before, but we're growing pretty handsomely and, and record low unemployment rates. I, I, the other thing, Glenn, too, is that I've been saying for the when you look at the stock market, it, it reacts to certainty and uncertainty, right? And at least with Donald Trump, for the first time in a long time, we have leadership that has a backbone, right? He draws a line in the sand, and unlike Obama that continued to move the line, right? He says, look it, I'm drawing the line in the sand. If if Trump moves a line, he's moving it closer to you, <laughs> not farther That's away, right? right? He's like, <laughs> exactly. you know what? I was going to give you five days. I decided yeah, on four. three. But yeah. I will you know what? China has been abusing us for decades. And, and at some point, we need to stand up and say enough is enough. And as you pointed out, it's never good to have tariffs, right? 
ultimately the, the best case scenario would be for China to do what they started to do, which is lower the barriers for us to do business over there. We want to sell more General Motors. We want to sell more Ford automobiles over there. And it needs to be more cost effective to do so. They're not stepping up to the plate. I will say this, China's economy growing at a 30-year snail's pace right now. So they are not in a position as we are to be negotiating it. And it's one one final thing. It's funny because, you know, 20-something years ago when Glenn and I were in training classes in New York City and, and uh, you know, one of the things we talked about and, and studied was diversification and asset allocation and making sure your eggs were in different baskets and why they should be in different baskets. And part of that was because, well, hey, look at internationally, if something goes on over here and they're not making the best of moves, then hopefully domestically we're doing well or vice versa, right? And then for a while, it's uh, the, the traders went back to, as they did in the 90s, right? Ah, earnings don't matter. And then they did, right? And then, ah, diversification doesn't matter anymore because we're a global economy, right? Well, now it does. <laughs> and it's amazing to me that when you look at investing, a lot of advisors and a lot of folks are trying to always find this new hot thing that's going to work. And it always comes back to the basic principles of being diversified, asset allocated, making sure your eggs are in the proper baskets, and making subtle moves along the way. And once again, we see the importance of diversification. Our stock market last year is doing good. Our economy doing better. You know, internationally, not so hot. Great opportunity to say, look at, look at the time-tested principles that have worked for not five years, 10 years, 15 years, but decades, and use that as a foundation to your financial plan. If you need us, 633-1515. If you're down in South Florida, 1-800-616-9236. And you want to play some videos? I know yeah, you're chopping at the bit to yeah, play some play. funny videos. I have well, not heard these videos. Yet. Actually, this is, a, this is not a funny video. This is actually a video of one of our investment committee oh. members. I do have some funny videos. We'll get to those in a second. But since we're talking about the market, yeah. uh, we had a couple an IPO this week. Uh, Uber came out this week as an IPO, uh, one of the worst IPOs ever. Uh, and really just yeah. having a, uh, just a horrible IPO, which is not a great sign for the markets in the near term. But certainly, as you just mentioned, Mike, we are in a transitional period right now between uh, a Fed-driven market, right, an, an over, um, you know, pumping a lot of liquidity, right, uh, really a manufactured kind of market, pumping so much money into it. Now we're transitioning as the Fed takes off that money and pulls that money back out of the economy. Now we're transitioning to more of a realistic where earnings do matter all of a sudden. And some of those companies that have no earnings and really are questionable as far as are they ever going to be able to turn a profit are really seeing, uh, you know, a tough times. And, and Tesla being a huge one of them, right? Yeah. We played uh, an interview, and our, our podcast just came out this past week from a – actually, I did it the week before. We did a podcast interview with Paul Meeks. Paul Meeks, for those that don't know, is on our investment committee. He is the um, a, a charter financial analyst. Uh, he was um, formerly with Merrill Lynch back in the 90s, where his claim to fame came from. He managed $8 billion of tech mutual funds, at the time the largest tech manager of mutual funds on Wall Street. He is interviewed regularly on CNBC, uh, Squawk Box, and many other programs. And I just have a clip of him talking, uh, what day is it today, Saturday? I, I think it was, what, Wednesday this was on, or Thursday? Actually, it may have been Friday uh, that this played. But just talking about the Uber IPO, I thought I'd just play a clip of it for us. Paul, what do you think when you hear Uber or Lyft talking about potentially peak losses? Is there even enough information to know that? I mean, they are engaged in a fierce competition, North America, but Uber around the globe. So is there any way they'd even be able to put a timeline on that? Do you have a timeline of when you think they might become profitable or even how they get there? 
You know what? The key with these companies is not the ride-sharing business at all. It's what they do with their moonshot investments, and do they end up uh, supplementing their core business with autonomous vehicles? And maybe they have a chance to become profitable, but the ride-sharing business in and of itself, I don't care if they say uh, losses will peak this year or not. I don't know if this is a business that's short, intermediate, or even long-term is uh, financially viable. Yeah. So now these guys are, now Paul, of course, a chartered financial analyst, along with John Thur, as well as our investment committee. These guys are really able to get into the understanding and, and tear apart the company and really look at the business model, the earnings, the debt. Mm. You know, what they're, what you're looking at with some of these companies now is we're getting almost back into a Pets.com era. Yes. Where these IPOs raise all kinds of money. There's a lot of money in the U.S. now looking and chasing some of these hot, quite, you know, tech stocks or new IPOs. But as Paul just mentioned, some of these companies have zero chance of profitability ever. Right. <laughs> there is right. This year, that's, next year. That's not a good ever. model. <laughs> no. It's not no, a good not model. not a great model. Yeah. And, you know, he was talking about Tesla. We did the interview a couple weeks ago, and, and he, of course, was on the radio show as well. Um, but, you know, you look at Tesla, and they lost a billion something in the first quarter. Well, that kind of cash burn, you know, they, this may be the end of the line for a company like that unless they can actually at least show that there's some sort of a path to profitability. Some of these companies have zero path. I mean, yeah. well, in the Tesla, case of Tesla, they, they not they only can't even, they can't they even can't deliver their automobiles that they right. sell. That's right. Exactly. Like, uh, you can't. In fact, Elon Musk came out and said one of the most challenging logistical problems I've ever not dealt really, with. really, not really. You're selling I mean, cars. That shouldn't be that hard no. to put together, assemble, and deliver. Yeah. Well, how many people are in the industry you could have hired? See, that's the problem. Oh, is that he thinks he's the world genius. In fact, he's the world shyster. Not the he's a visionary. I'll give him that. I mean, he he thinks big, and that's, that's a, we need people like that in the world. No doubt. However, you also need to put the people in place. You know, the visionary doesn't get the manufacturing line working. The visionary doesn't fix the operations of the company. The visionary has the vision. But if you don't hire people to actually fulfill the vision, then you fall flat on your face, and you're seeing that with Tesla. Yeah. You're now also seeing it with Uber, and we'll see if Uber's uh, able to turn and, around. But and he seemed be very to, in, careful with some of these folks. In the case of Tesla, he seems to never complete anything. No. He never seems to bring a product full cycle where we can say, okay, look at it went from A to Z, and now Z is selling. It's profitable. It's right. efficient. Right? He gets from like A to J, and then realizes, well, that's not going to be profitable because there's no more go government money left to offset the purchasers. Right? So the governments are running out of cash, so they're not going to chip in to buy that solar panel. So let's come up with something else. Now we're going to come up with taxis that drive themselves, and you can buy them. And it's it's unreal how he's been able to push that can down the road. But of course. You can only do it for so long. Um, let's uh, go to the phone lines here. If somebody wants to hop on board, 1-800-616-9236. Mike Lomas, Comical Financial Guys, the place where money meets politics. And by the way, bringing Wall Street to Main Street. And in the case of you know our team, we have chartered financial analysts. You just heard Paul Meeks, a regular on CNBC, part of our investment committee and team. And and I will say that uh, very few, I'm very proud to say very few firms have the resources like that with a Paul Meeks that's on our team, on our investment committee, and a consultant every week on uh, CNBC. So you need our help throughout the week, folks, with your retirement plans. Use this as a resource, 561-614-2000 if you're down in South Florida. And if you're in our backyard here, of course, 633-1515. Uh, by the way, go to our website, Financial Guys. A lot of stuff on our website, including our upcoming events. May 18th, by the way, we're having a... The first session is full. I actually know the second session is full. We have a 12 o'clock and a 2 o'clock session for veterans. It's going to be a Saturday. 
We're going to do the radio show live from our office. The 2 o'clock session is completely booked, but there's still room for the 12 o'clock session. If you're a veteran, somebody else is a veteran in your family, mom, dad, brother, sister, make sure you uh, you try to get them to pop in for an hour at the 12 o'clock session and uh, learn about some of the discounts and some of the things that they, they might be missing out there, okay? 633-1515 to register. Let's welcome Rambo Jim. How are you, Rambo? Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, I want to talk about, you know, Trump is the only one smart enough to understand this. You go back to the genesis of these trade deals that were negotiated shortly after the end of World War II. Yeah, all well and fine. We had dropped the two atomic bombs on Japan. We were in the catbird seat. Nobody could challenge us at that time, not even the Russians. When they they did try to uh, challenge us in Japan, a guy named Douglas MacArthur told this Russian general that was in the back seat of the car, he told the driver of the car, stop the car. He told that Russian general, this is where you get off. (laughs) You know, I mean, we were nobody could challenge us, and that was all well and fine. These trade deals were fine for their time when the main concern was we don't want another Hitler to rise up. So you know, I think I think beyond that though, not to cut you off, Jim, but I, I think beyond that, you know, you had a whole string of, you know, very weak presidents. And and I and I'll go back to, to Jimmy Carter and then of course you know Bill Clinton. You know, Bill Clinton signed a lot of these things, right? He signed NAFTA. He yep. signed the the uh, the Pacific. You know, uh, back then it was an Asian deal. Uh, he signed a lot of this stuff. I mean, he gave our he gave away our nuclear secrets to North Korea. I mean, he was giving everything away, right? It was the you know the uh, I guess the the administration of love, right? And certainly he got enough of it. And so you know he's he just gave away everything. A so little now, bit of uranium, a little bit of uranium <laughs> here, right? A little bit of you you know nuclear secrets there. Hundred, hundred, so, massed a hundred million dollar net worth. I mean, we just basically rolled over in every single one of these deals. We basically said, yeah, we want to get this done, so we'll give you whatever you want, and we'll take it in the shorts. Well, unfortunately, over time, that really has begun to hurt us as we have you know, become more and more of a global economy. These things are important, and it's really important to get to a zero or a fair deal. We're not big fans of tariffs, and I just want to be clear on that because I don't like tariffs. A tariff is a tax. Yeah. It's all it is. And so yeah. when you start talking about imposing tariffs, what you're doing is you're saying, okay, you, the American people, now have to pay more money for these goods. Yeah. Now, in the long term, if the if the goal is to use that as a hammer to get down to a, a lower on both sides to help our American manufacturing companies export, okay, fine. But it is a dangerous game to play. Unfortunately, if that's the only card you have, if this is the hand you're dealt, which is what Trump is dealing with, then unfortunately you have very few options to to exert leverage on your uh, on the folks that you're trying to negotiate and, against. And as you mentioned before, now is the time to do it. If you're going to fight this fight, now is the time to do it. The other fight they should have fought at the same time frame was actually reducing the size of government, which they didn't well, do. Well, I got an article perfect, on that. Just perfect, makes you sick. absolute perfect time yeah. to reduce the size of the federal government and get these to quote. Uh, um, you know these workers that that um, non-essential quote workers off the payroll and put them into positions that we need them right truck drivers uh, welders electricians. Well, final thoughts, Jim. Um, yeah, we're real quick. I was listening to Savage and he brought out an excellent point. He was out walking his uh, dog on that. What do they call that? The Embarcadero, whatever that the dock is called in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. No idea. And he said, he, lo and behold, he sees a ship coming into the harbor. It's a Japanese flagship. It's riding, he said, very low in the water, which he knew immediately that ship was full of some kind of cargo. They pull up to the dock, they tie off, they drop the ramps, and they're driving all these Japanese cars manufactured in Japan onto the dock, mm-hmm. dropping them off here. And then they get all the cars off the ship. 
they raise the ramps, you know, they untie from the dock, they turn around and go back out into the harbor, back to Japan. Totally empty. Water. Trump could, now, common logic, and like Savage said, if you got a lick of common sense, if the ship's going high in the water on the way back, they weren't taking back any American. <laughs> That's right. Right. That's right. Well, there's a 20 percent. Well, there was a 20 percent tax. I think it's down to 15 yeah. now from from Trump's negotiation. But, right. yep, for all the for by the way, for all you union workers out there. What's really confusing to me, Jim, is these Democrats for years have said we've been abused by China. We're going to support the union men and women at, at, at General Motors and Ford. You want to support them? You want to support them? I'll tell you how you support them. You get rid of the 20 percent tax over in China so we can sell more cars and we can make them right here in the USA. Hey, Jim, thanks for the call, buddy. Yep. Uh, let's take a quick break. Uh, if you want to hop on board, 1-800-616-9236. If you're local here, star 930 Folks, do not wait until 3 o'clock. The place where money meets politics, always an open mic session here again. 1-800-616-9236-3930 if you'd like to text us. And need us throughout the week, folks, 633-1515, retirement planning, estate planning, Medicare planning. We have independent Medicare agents turning 65, unhappy with your plan. Doesn't cost you a penny. It's a complimentary consultation. Sit down with our folks. You can shop all over or you can have a one-stop shop. 633-1515 down in South Florida. 561-614-2000. We'll be back. You're listening to The Financial Guys. To reach Glenn and Mike now, call 803-0930. Toll free at 800-616-WBEN. And cell calls are free at star 930. Live from the WBEN studios, here's Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. All righty, welcome back. News Radio 930 WBEN. Down in South Florida, WFTL AM 850. You've got the financial guys. This is the place where money meets politics. If you think like us, you want to use us as a resource, 633-1515 locally here and down in South Florida, 561-614-2000. Actually, our... Uh, our uh, one of our um, advisors down there, Denny Artachi, this week did a big workshop for the Palm Beach School District. So it was pretty neat to see him in front of 90 folks. And uh, Denny's got a pretty cool background, actually. So if you're looking for an advisor down in South Florida, he was the lead singer for a band called Iron Butterfly for a while, and he played with Three Three Dog Night. And uh, he always talks about you know just all the folks that he's been able to meet throughout the years and. And, uh, you know, the, some of the financial challenges that some of those that he saw some of those people go through. And that's why he went back and educated himself and trained himself and got himself licensed to be able to do overall comprehensive financial planning down there. So if you need a referral, 561-614-2000 down in the South Beach, uh, South, uh, South Florida area. And, of course, our hometown here, Western New York, 633-1515. Uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and go to our website and uh, get information on our podcast there as well. Um, anything I'm missing, by the way? Let's see here. Uh, what do you want to talk about, Glenn? I got some. Did you see, by the way? Uh, we talked about this on the podcast. So those kids in Philadelphia, the Muslim Society. Yeah, they will scary. chop off their heads. These kids mm-hmm. were singing. Where I, is the media? 
That's the question there, right? Where so is social I, I, services? I saw I saw that video and I thought, oh, it must be another video from you know yeah. Palestine, That's or right. from Syria. That's you know, right. Because so, you've seen no, these before. It's not you know? here. There's no way that nah. would be here. And then I found out it's Philadelphia. Philly. Like, you know, no kidding. If we could find out like what school that was, I would love to talk to the administration of that school, perhaps, to find out why they think it's acceptable for this. But I got to tell you, folks, if we don't wake up to what's happening in this country, we're gonna unfortunately it's gonna be too late. I mean. I hate to say it, but the, you know the, the that the, the the Islamic religion needs a referendum, right? Yes. It needs a reformation. I, yeah. I keep and saying so, referendum because I'm thinking voting, right? Needs some it needs a reformation leadership that stands it, up and says, "Look, it, we're not all bad, but the, we're, that, that's not right." But they need that's to change right. it. They need to weed out the radicals. Yes. Or look in the Catholic Church. You know, hundreds of years ago, we had the Inquisition. We yep. had, a, you know, we went astray, right? We seriously, and it, and it was yep. a, a bad time for. Uh, for Catholics and Christians. And guess what? We went through that same uh, reformation, and, and, it, and it totally transformed the Church to what it is today. They're in sore need of that. When you go back 50 years, the Islamic religion and the Islamic faith is a different religion. It is. It, is it was a religion really of peace is. and faith. Uh, and yes. But anyway, that, that's, but yeah, that's scary stuff when you yeah. see stuff like that and, and, and in this country, and you think, oh my gosh, yeah. you this know, is it's Philly. right here in our own backyard. This is like, Philly. That's scary stuff. They're singing. But, By the way, if you, if you like us on Facebook, you'll be able to see the video, but... Uh, Kids, uh, Muslim society, kids in Philadelphia singing, we will chop their heads off if you don't believe in Allah. So uh, But when you look at— And again, where is social services, by the way? Because Mm -hmm. i I got to believe that if I was going to a local church here and they were telling me, hey, you don't believe in Christianity, we're going to cut your heads off, that they'd be coming to my house knocking at the door saying, what are you teaching your children? Well, now we have you know people like uh, Ilhan Omar in uh, Congress, right? From yeah. from Minnesota, and and after you know about five hundred plus rockets were indiscriminately fired into Israel in the last couple of weeks. If this was last week or the week before, her response was, "Well, that's what happens when you uh, when you take over somebody's territory." Like, I mean, <laughs> that's I'm right. paraphrasing. That's not exactly what yeah, she said, she, but she said you can go to Twitter and of, find her own well, her own words well, what she said. But yeah, it was basically well, that. That's what she meant. And, and, and she said she, something along the lines of like, "Well, well, why why do they have to be Jewish?" I mean, unreal. Just it, it unreal. really, yeah, but that's her attitude. And that's, that's a right. scary thought. You know, it's unfortunate that we have, you know, it's not clear cut. It should be. But anyway, uh, moving on to some good news, though, um, coming from the liberal world, uh, Alyssa Milano, everybody knows her on Twitter as, you know, being super left wing liberal. Uh, she writes in a tweet this week, our reproductive rights are being erased. Until women have legal control over their own bodies, we're just not going to risk pregnancy. So she's promoting a sex strike. <laughs> so here's the great news, Mike. Right. Liberals are going on a sex strike. That's so right. no, if they, if they so can't have abortions, anymore. they're simply not going to get pregnant. So I'm in support of this. I'm good uh, with that. So great right. news. Liberals, I guess, and, and progressives and uh, you know, left-wing uh, nuts like uh, Alyssa Milano have stopped reproducing. You mean this, we should t- all cheer. <laughs> we should all be happy with that. Do you mean to tell me if we don't have sex, we won't reproduce. This is yes. a, this is they finally unreal. figured it out. Unreal. They have finally figured it out. Next, so. next week. But yeah, tell this me. is great news for us. Good stuff. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> on the uh, you can't I, make this up. By the way, no, you, you can't make this up. She's going on um, a sex strike. Yeah, all the Democrats are all they're all over Twitter now promoting yes. a sex strike. They're saying if if we don't if we can't have control over our bodies to murder the unborn, then we're simply not going to have sex. So okay, you got us there. Okay, okay, no, good for you. Don't. Yeah, no. please don't do that. No. So uh, Elizabeth Warren this week and another political thing, and I, I guess I, maybe with Elizabeth Warren, I'm wondering maybe if her it, history books only go up to the 1970s well, because the, her math is <laughs> her math is good though. We talked about this. Oh no, it's solid. Um, Elizabeth's math is really good. She's proposing taxes, by the way, with the rich, the rich, rich, yes. rich folks just of over peop- her. of people with folks yeah. with net worths of 50 million or more. Yeah. She's at 18, folks. That's so right. So her math skills are really good. 
are really good. But you'll love this one, Mike. Here's what she writes on Twitter this week. Homeownership is out of reach for far too many families, especially Uh black families. Oh, no. Decades of discrimination by the federal government denied families of color the same kinds of homeownership uh, subsidies available to white families. We need to tackle this head on. Um, I hate to tell you, Elizabeth, that was tackled head on, I don't know, like 40 years ago, uh, 1978 Community Reinvestment Act, uh, supercharged by, like, did, I mean, do her history books, did it go up to 1976? That's right. They just totally got erased. Like, did you, did you miss the last 40 years? I, well, she's a little bit behind the times. No chance, by the way. She's just hanging up right now. She is dead last in the polls for, uh, for these Democrats. Hilarious. Oh, by the way, we'll talk more about that. There was a local (laughs) gun lock, uh, the bond trader said he would short every single one of the Democrats, which, uh, He's a yep. local bond guy from uh, Buffalo, New York. Yeah, so we'll talk more about that on the other side of the break. Mike Lomas, Clemical Financial Guys. Uh, need us throughout the week, folks. Use us as a resource. Uh, 633-1515 locally here and 561-614-2000. down in South Florida. We'll be back on the other side of the break. The following is paid programming. Securities offered through Peak Brokerage, LLC. Member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Independent Solutions Wealth Management. The financial guys in Independent Solutions are not an affiliate of Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. The political views on this show do not reflect the views of Peak Brokerage. This show is not intended to provide specific legal, tax, investment, or other professional advice. Please consult a professional for your specific situation. This radio show is for informational purposes only and is not intended to solicit or recommend any particular security. The information discussed is obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but its accuracy and completeness are not guaranteed. It is a crisis of confidence. While our economy may be weakened and our confidence shaken. It's time to talk money. The people are looking for honest answers, not easy answers. And we cannot rely on quick fixes or easy answers. It's the Financial Guys radio program. I do not promise a quick way out of our nation's problems. I wish I could tell you there was a quick fix to our economic problems. With local financial experts, Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. To take no unnecessary trips. We can't drive our SUVs. And we will make America great again. God bless you and good night. Now, live from the WBEN studios, here's Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. Alrighty, welcome back. News Radio 930 WBEN. Mike Lomas, Glenn Wiggle, Financial Guys, the place where money meets politics. We have a lot of fun with this show, folks. If you need us throughout the week, we do manage money for a living. 633-1515. First hour, we were talking about some of the trade deals with China. And uh, if you want to hop on board again, one us, uh, 8030930, star 930 on a cell phone, star 930 on a cell phone, 1-800-616-9236. Uh, probably all over the place this hour. But uh, before we do, maybe we can uh, introduce a special guest with us, Booker Edgerson. And uh, am I pronouncing your last name right? Edgerson. 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 And I'm sorry. Can we turn his mic on? Edgerson. Booker, I, I just always call you Booker. Um what, what, uh, with the Buffalo Bills alumni, everybody, a lot of folks know you in town. You've been here. You never left Buffalo, right? Or you, you been, here, been here forever, you um, know, since 1962. What years did you play for the Bills? From 1962 through 69. 1962, 1969. Leagues changed pretty, a ton since then. The huh? equipment's changed, that's oh, for sure. Oh, everything changed. <laughs> we know that. Uh, the practice uh, schedules, uh, the, the, the preseason games. 
Uh, everything have changed, dude. Yeah. Well, uh, I asked you to come because we're going to talk about some of the charity things you're doing in the community. But then I said, hey, we got the opportunity to get you here. I want to talk a little bit of football, if that's all right. Why not? Uh, and the Bills are making all kinds of crazy moves this year. I like everything you're doing so far. Lots of moves. Almost like Lots a record amount of changes. It's funny because it's last year's team will look totally different than this year. Absolutely. It's almost like they're starting a whole new team, you know. Uh, but it's all positive. Yeah. And, and, I, and I like uh, I like most of it. And and. And I'm going to enjoy the season, and hopefully we'll, we'll get to the playoff this year again. Yeah. Uh, by the way, if you want to hop on board, 803-0930-STAR-930. Um, let's talk about Bill's alumni. Now, you guys have – there's a core group of you who never left Buffalo. You are the face of the Buffalo Bills really here. When, when we see some of the, the, uh, the folks that have really uh, built the foundation and, and been the, the core base of the Buffalo Bills – but you guys are really doing a lot of cool stuff for the community. I was hoping you'd talk a little bit about some of the stuff you've already done throughout the years and then what you're looking to do this year. And we've got some of the greatest listeners in Western New York, and I know they're willing to step up and help you and get involved in any way, shape, or form they can. So tell us about some of the stuff that the Bills alumni has done throughout the years. Okay. Not only had the greatest listeners, but you also had the greatest fans in, in, in Buffalo and Absolutely. Western New York, too. Um, we've been doing this since 1985. Um, uh, our foundation was founded in 1998, and since 1998, we've raised over $2.5 million that we've given back to the community. Wow. But, you know, the only reason we was able to do that is because of the people in the community. Um, they support the Buffalo Bills Alumni uh, Foundation. And the players, uh, you have guys who stayed here. You know, we stayed here. We, we worked here. We paid taxes here. We sent our kids to school here. We socialize here. We do everything here, you know, because we stay here because we enjoy and love Buffalo in western New York. You know, I've had opportunities to move to other areas of the country, but uh, I'm from the Midwest, so when people talk about snow and ice and cold and all that, I said, that's no big thing because I've been in it all my life. <laughs> you know, so, so moving from Buffalo to somewhere else, you know, wasn't no big deal. Yeah, playing football in it, though. I'll tell you, oh, you know, the one I, I went to that snow game uh, of few uh, was the last two years ago uh, with the Indianapolis Colts right and I was fortunate enough to be in a box Um, (laughs) a few of us chipped in it was for a charity we were at an auction and we ended up winning the box but I could not believe when you talked about how amazing the Buffalo Bill fans are there was like 15 feet of snow on the ground you could not barely see the players I have no idea how they were playing the game out there but the fans were still out in the stands. To the end. And they stayed to the end. They That's stayed the best to the part, end. right to the end of the game. Nobody I, leaves early. I was in a box. I had trouble getting into the stadium. <laughs> but they were there. Well, that, that goes to show you how faithful the fans are and energetic, and, and they really want uh, the Buffalo Bills and, and the city of Buffalo and Western New York to uh, survive the, the whole National Football League uh, syndrome. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's, there's not another sport uh, that's out there that generates the – kind of excitement that football you know I've had conversation with some of the the hockey players and everything and they say how tough the hockey is and everything and it's tougher in football and my question to uh, uh, one of the individuals was is that why do you guys play 80 games a year and football is only 16 (laughs) and then he had to concede to the fact is that oh yeah I guess football is rougher than hockey yeah there's something to be said about a 400 pound grown man that yeah. can run as fast as an automobile. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, colliding into each other, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, followed by another 350-pound man. Guy, right. yeah. And lifting a car. Yeah, you, <laughs> yeah um, I had the opportunity right. years and years ago to meet Bruce Smith. 
and he was he had something like oh, a, a ridiculous like a, like zero body fat. It was unreal. And I, you just look at this guy, and I, I was almost like I'm sure he's been through it a million times. But I'm just looking at him up and down, like this is, <laughs> I couldn't imagine well, his this guy arm hitting was me. like the size of my body. I couldn't imagine like, him hitting me. Right? It was like uh, that. You look at him; he looked like he weighed 200 pounds. Yeah. But obviously, he was weighing like 260, 265. Yeah, he was and, all muscle, I mean, all muscle, all muscle. And you just think, holy I mean, cow! He had the strength. He had the he had the intelligence. Yeah, he he understood the game of football. He did. And, yeah, and that's what it takes to become a, a pro football Hall of Famer. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> funny because the league is changing so rapidly and so fast. But it's you know a lot of folks can lift weights. A lot of people can add muscle. And in fact, you've seen. In fact, I remember was it Brad Johnson who came in? Rob Johnson maybe? He came in the one year and he was stronger, bigger. I mean, but he didn't do anything because you can be stronger, you can be faster, you can do all that stuff. But you've got to be one step ahead of the next guy, which means you got to understand where the play's going, not where it's bad. Right. And you also have to have the ability to be able to make that transition from, you know, from gaining weight and putting muscle on and being able to utilize those muscles in the ways that you never used before. Uh, where, where when you had the, the extra poundage on it, you know, your, your, your flexibility was greater than it was when you, when you put all those muscles on yeah. because now you got all these muscles and you might pull them, you might do anything. So, so you, be, you, you are restricted to what you do. That's exactly why Glenn and I didn't overwork out because That's of right. straining any muscles. <laughs> Just uh, to be sure. Absolutely. <laughs> we don't sure. want to intimidate anybody. You know, yeah. They come to the office. We're meeting face-to-face with people. That's I right. Mean, you know. That's right. We'll just keep our dad bodies. Why not? Right? I'm a whopping 5'8". Yeah. <laughs> um, tell us about some of the cool things that you guys and the Buffalo Bills alumni have done in the past. Yeah, well, we have, like I said, we've, we've done over $2.5 million. And, and some of those uh, organizations we dealt with is uh, – you know, Kids Escaping Drugs, uh, Horizon, uh, Make-A-Wish Foundation, Buffalo Prep, um, you know, so uh, Basis Loaded, which is one of my favorite uh, charities because they're dealing with uh, individuals with disability and everything, you know, and I've been involved with uh, disability individuals for quite a while. And, uh, and my background in terms of uh, being a director of equity and diversity at Erie Community College, uh, I took special interest in dealing with individuals with a disability because uh, the laws wasn't that particular uh, straight about how to handle people with disabilities. And so a lot of folks was like violating their rights. And, mm-hmm. I, and I just didn't I just didn't like that. So I, I was like a I won't call myself the champion of it, but I took particular interest in dealing with individuals with disability. And um, we also deal with Alzheimer's. Uh, Obviously, our guys are getting older and everything, and we get in that position. We have a couple guys that's uh, in in that zone right now and uh, dealing with cystic fibrosis. Uh, we also have been dealing with uh, Camp Good Days over the p- period of years. So, we, we, you know, there's just a lot of individual uh, organizations that we've dealt with. And we felt that uh, if we can help an organization out, uh, we would. Mm-hmm. And this past year, uh, we had some growing uh, uh, issues and everything, had to do regroup. Uh, so hopefully this year we're going to be doing some things uh, with some of these same organizations. Well, tell us what you're looking for this year. You've got an event coming up, right, which some of our listeners can participate in. And uh, tell them how they can find that information, where, when, and why. Right. Uh, we we have our uh, Buffalo Bills Alumni Foundation uh, weekend event, uh, alumni weekend event. And it's going to be July the 26th and July the 27th. Uh, we have a gala on the 26th. Uh, usually we have anywhere between... 
500 to 650 people uh, in, involved in everything. And um, we also, on, on that Saturday the 27th, we have a golf tournament. And this, year's a, this year is a total different situation because um, with the graces of Mary Wilson, uh, she gave us uh, permission to use Ralph Wilson uh, Jr. as our annual uh, memorial, inaugural memorial golf tournament. So this is in honor of uh, our great honor, uh, great owner, Ralph C. Wilson. And uh, so we're, we're anticipating that this, this is going to be a sellout uh, with this tournament and everything. How do people, where do people go for the, specifically for the golf tournament or the gala? What if they want to find that information? Because the gala itself, by the way, a lot of you, the old, old timers are going to be there, right? I mean, some of the folks that have watched you guys throughout the years, you'll all be there. What a cool yes. thing. I'm thinking, like, for Mother's Day, Father's Day, right? This is a cool thing to buy some tickets and bring your mom or dad to. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, the, the gala is going to be held at the Grand Hotel. Uh, it's from 6 o'clock to 10 o'clock, and uh, uh, some of the guys is coming in. We got uh, uh, Fritz Merlis, uh, Joe Didamalur, uh Billy Shaw, uh, Jerry Butler, uh, Greg Bell. Um, so, you know, we, we got quite a few guys coming in. I can go on and on and on. Yeah. Uh, but there are a lot of them is coming back, you know, basically to honor the first inaugural uh, Ralph C. Wilson uh, Memorial Golf Tournament. Pretty cool. And so they oh, can get involved, get a foursome together for golf, or just go to the gala or do both. Oh, they can do both. Uh, they can. Also, we're looking for sponsors as well. Yep. So we look at sponsors. Uh, they can go to uh, the Buffalo Bills Alumni Foundation and uh, 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 website, and, and all the information is there. Or they can go to the Cure to Blue, which is our prostate cancer uh, initiative and everything. Uh, the information is there as well. And that's um, curetoblue.com. Uh, so, uh, or they can call Joe Schieffer, who is our event manager, and, and they can call him at uh, 694-7867, area code 716. So 694-7867, and Joe can get them whatever they need. You get them anything they want. Awesome. Well, we will be there. We will be golfing. I'm not going to say we're going to be golfing very well because Glenn <laughs> and I don't do that very well, but we will be there. And we'll be at the gala, too. So you guys are like golfing about like I am with financial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm probably worse, to be honest with you. Yes. Hey, Glenn, I know you probably are a better golfer than, 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 than Mike, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a better golf cart driver, perhaps. Than Mike. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll tell that story sometime actually, on the air, but today's not that time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so can we, do you my book? I'll let you go. I know we probably said we would keep you 15 minutes. We've kept you 20. I'm just going to bring up John in Rochester because he's a big fan of yours. Right? Okay. So. John in Rochester, how are you, buddy? Hey, Mike and Glenn. Booker, huge fan. What You, Butch Bird, George Same, Haygood Clark, I'm telling you, you guys had the best uh, in, best Bills team in history, the 64-65 Bills. You guys were unbelievable. Uh, Glenn and Mike, you're too young to remember, Booker. But this guy, I saw him return interceptions, 70 yards for touchdowns. I... I I think he ran a couple punts of 70, 75 yards back for touchdowns. This guy was unbelievable, and uh, I'll never forget it as long as I live. And in fact, Larry, I talked to Larry Felser one time, the late, great Larry Felser, and he agreed with me that the 64, 1965 Bills were the best teams of all time. Huh. Well, I understand you actually in the six. It was one of the seasons there you actually intercepted Joe Namath uh, as well. So that's when yes. you claimed the fame, which is really awesome. Yeah, uh, and just to clear, uh, 
the, the caller's call is that I did not run back uh, interception 75 yards. That's Butch Bird. Um, so, See, I would so have taken credit I, for I won't that. take credit yeah. for that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did. Uh, Booker, you're a stand-up oh, man. I would have been like, yeah, made, I ran But you made the AFL All-Star team that year, I believe. Yeah, right? I made the All-Star team. So and I'll tell you, that one of the biggest things that, that came about was uh, in, in 2010 uh, when I was uh, uh, voted on to the Buffalo Bills Wall of Fame. Uh, that was a, that was a great moment and a uh, great time. I had a lot of guys coming in here, and and, and it was an opportunity for me to uh, let them know about our other causes, uh, prostate cancer awareness. Yeah. And, and uh, it, it was it was crazy that people are not aware. You know, men are not really fundamentally aware of prostate cancer and what it does and everything. You know, and over the past few years, you know, I've been out talking and speaking and everything, and. Uh, we donated over $100,000 to Roswell Park in January this wow. year. Good for you. Uh, we got a couple, we got a couple uh, functions going on this year where we're going to be raising money, and hopefully next year we'll be able to produce some more money to Roswell. But most of all is we need the men to get out here and be responsible like the women do for the breast cancer. Yeah. Own yeah. up to your problems and get on out here okay. and help us make this drive and and. Catch it early. Catch it early. Yeah. Get screened. You know, you hollered about the the digital uh, rectal exam, but but uh, um, <laughs> that 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 will save your life. A mammogram hurts. A digital rectogram does not hurt. Hey, Gianna, I'm going to put you – I just wanted to get you on with Booker, all right? But I'm going to put you on hold. We'll bring you back up after the break, okay? Uh, you need to go to the gala, John. Yeah. You got to go to the gala John, for sure. Right. Yeah. Six, nine, four – one last time, 694-7867, BillsAlumni.com. Uh, no, no, yeah, you can go to Bills Alumni, um, BuffaloBillsAlumni.com. BuffaloBillsAlumni.com, 694-7867. Uh, golf spots available, gala tickets available, awesome opportunity. You know, like John was talking about you, the, you know, and reliving his past, awesome opportunity to, and I said before, you got a mom, dad, a brother, sister who's a Bills fan, great opportunity to buy some tickets and then help some incredible charities out like you guys have done throughout the years. Absolutely. So. We appreciate it very much because uh, the fans have been fantastic, you know, and uh, uh, without them, uh, yeah. Nothing happens. Booker, I've kept you longer than I should. So we got to take a break. Well, I appreciate, appreciate it, buddy. I appreciate your time. Thank yeah, you. Thank absolutely. You. We'll be Enjoy back. Mike Lomas, Glenn Wiggle, Financial Guys, and we'll hit the phone lines on the other side of the break. Alrighty, welcome back. News Radio 930 WBN. Mike Lomas, Glenn Wiggle, Financial Guys. Pretty cool having Booker on. That was, that was a neat segment. Uh, opportunity to see uh, an ex-great. Yeah, no doubt. It's been a long time since I can say the Bills were great, but uh, uh, yep. it was cool to have them on. So if you need <laughs> no uh, want to help those guys out, 694-7867. Uh, we're going to go back to the phones here, Glenn. Is yeah, that cool? let's go back to the phones. Um, i got a couple of clips to play later in the show if we get right. to them, but, uh, but let's go to the phones. John in Rochester, stick with me. I wanted to bring you up because I knew you are a big, huge Booker fan. I just want to get to Steve in Grand Island. He's been patiently waiting. Steve, how are you? Uh, good this afternoon. Uh uh, I got a question for you guys. I don't know if it's in your realm of knowledge or not, but I've got an associate who's telling me that uh, he hasn't paid his mortgage in 10 years, and this is the result of uh, the, the housing crisis of 10 years ago. And even his lawyer says, uh, we can't figure it out. They don't want to, the banks don't want to negotiate a new contract or anything. 
don't pay your mortgage. Is, is this feasible, or is this guy just giving me a line? I think he's giving you a line. Yeah, I do, too. <laughs> Normally, uh, when you stop paying your mortgage, they take your house. Yes, and it's usually within a three-year block. And yeah. my guess is it's even faster than that now. Um, you know, during the housing crisis, there was a lot of folks who were doing what's called a short sale, which didn't hurt your credit as much. But uh, I have, uh, I, I wouldn't encourage you to stop paying your mortgage. The bank will come. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's how it works. Yeah. I, I, it just seemed unbelievable to me. No, I mean, come on. The, uh, the, for a while, though, Steve, what was happening is the banks were so overwhelmed and flooded right. with people defaulting that it was taking a long time for them to catch up to folks. It was just so many folks in areas like Nevada, Arizona, where that the you know the housing bubble blew up that it was taking a long time to get to those folks. So they weren't paying. Their intentions were to default on the home, but the bank just the banks didn't set up a department to say, hey, when we when all these people don't pay us back. Then we'll just. This is how we're going to handle it, right? They just assumed that they were going to get paid back, and so there was no department there to handle it. And it literally took years to get through that mess. But uh, I, that's that's n- not they true. Lost it. I mean, unless they lost it and like lost track of it or something. I mean, yeah. I mean, crazier things have happened, but you know, by normal course of, of business, if you stop paying your mortgage, they will take your house. Yeah. Okay. My my guess so is if you it. did not pay your payment, they would probably send you a letter. Pretty quickly. <laughs> right. I mean, there are things. To, I mean, there are crazy things that happen where paperwork gets lost, and maybe they stop collecting it. I don't know. I, I will tell you a true story real quick. I got a speeding ticket. Nineteen. I was just thinking that they I'm lost. Like, it. Should we share that story? <laughs> I'm not going to tell the whole story, but I'll tell you a little bit. They literally lost the ticket. They found it nine years later in 1999. They come back to me and they say, "Well, you never showed up. We're going to take your license." Late fees too, right? They want late fees. I'm like, "Wait a minute now. You lost the ticket. You can't just because you lost the ticket. You can't. And I never had my my day in court to fight it. You can't just all of a sudden say you didn't show up. You never yeah. asked me to show up. So I got out of it. Long story short, didn't but you? Didn't, crazy things do didn't, happen. Didn't they say? Didn't you uh, donate a little money or something? I did. I, 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 I made an agreement with them to pay what the fine would have been had I pleaded guilty, but also got no points out of it. They wanted to give me the points. I'm like, wait a minute now. It's, it's, there, you, you needed uh, an opportunity to go in front of a judge. I never got that opportunity. They tried to get me, but they didn't, and yeah, it was a fair deal. So Steve, I, I would challenge him. I'd like to see who the mortgage was through. But, so uh, crazy things happen. I wouldn't I, suggest you try it, however. I doubt so. it. All right. <laughs> All right. Mike Loman's Legal Financial Guides. We'll see you on the other side of the break here. John and Frank up on deck. Welcome back. News Radio 930 WBEN. Mike Lomas, Glenn Wiggle. We are the financial guys, place where money meets politics. We will have to get Booker back on the radio. A lot of good uh, text messages coming in that I sh- we should have asked him. We'll maybe get him on for a whole show, uh, you know, playing in the rock pile, clear class act, um, good, yeah. good stuff. So uh, what was it like to play with OJ? <laughs> I did want to ask him that. I almost asked him that uh, because he was that was his last season. That was, that was OJ's uh, – uh, first season, 1969. I wanted to ask How that, do you but, know all this stuff? You don't even know what I, the well, schedule I, I, is. I, but I, rem- <laughs> I remember my memory. I just I read everything, and I remembered it all. Unreal. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a huge football fan, to be honest with you, I, because obviously the Bills have been lousy for yeah. like, the last, I don't know, what, 20 years. So yeah. 
Um, but, I'm not a, know, I'm not a bill. I'm not a huge football or a hockey fan, but I'm a Sabres Bills fan, which you are too. So yeah, yeah, yeah it's hard not. But to I be. do like the old school stuff. I like going back and looking at the history. I like yeah. you know learning about the old players and you know because back then I mean you're talking about you know the equipment that they they uh, still had huge players like still 300 pound players sure. running you know yeah. 50 miles but, an hour but each they, other. they just Except didn't they have didn't shoulder plates uh, yeah shoulder like they didn't have on. Kevlar right yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and that they were still getting able to that, get up and walk the helmet really actually amazing. didn't have anything inside it it was just <laughs> right yeah right. metal on metal or whatever yeah. plastic, on plastic, plastic on plastic yeah yeah so. unreal all right, let's uh, hop. We'll go to the phone lines here. 803-0930-STAR-930 on a cell phone. 1-800-616-9236. Yeah, oh, by the way, California governor unveils record $213 billion budget. Yeah, why not? Why not? Why not? Says a recession could hit the coffers by $70 billion. Hmm, yeah. Yeah. Don't do yourself a favor and actually prepare for one. No, God forbid. <laughs> the sad thing is on a federal level, we just broke another record. Yeah. Uh, federal spending, October through uh, April, um, Federal spending sets all-time record through April. This is so the all-time record prior to this was actually uh, 2009, uh, eight, 2009, and then again in 2011. But well, we blew yeah. past that. So yeah. nice job. And by the way, uh, Republicans and Democrats. Da- yeah, that's right. Guys. Yeah, not but, sure who's on our side as the American uh, taxpayer anymore. I would say nice job, Republicans. Trump, maybe. You had two years, which you promised yeah. us. At least the Democrats didn't lie to us. They want to spend more money. They're going to tell you they're going to spend more money. They want to give everything away. The Republicans said they were going to get in office and they were going to be fiscally sound, and they spent more yeah. money than the Democrats did. Yep. So nice job, nice job. Uh, let's go back to the phones here. Let's uh, go back, uh, John in Rochester. Thanks. I wanted to uh, make sure I uh, brought everybody up in the appropriate order, but I knew you were a big fan of Booker. So uh, your final thoughts, buddy. John in Rochester. Did we lose John in Rochester? I may have lost we'll put John. John back on hold. 803-0930, star 930 on a cell phone. Frank in Williamsville, I think. Frank, how are you? Do you guys hear me all right? Yeah. Sure. Okay, so I, I want to talk about Trump and his tariff because I, I, I don't get it. I, he's got to know that it's not going to work. I mean, who needs who more? Do we need Chinese more to buy our, our stuff and, and buy our paper too? Or, or do the Chinese um, need- What do you mean by paper or bonds? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean the biggest bondholders, by the way, is U.S. investors. Yeah, but through ahead. through bond mutual funds, not China. Okay, all right. Well, they're a big one, though, aren't they? Mm. They are. So your question is, do we need their goods more, or do we need them more? Is that what you're asking? Trump's going to get crucified with these tariffs. They're going to go to show people out of work because of Trump. They're going to go. But there's not. But that's not though. But they're not. I mean, we're at a three point three point six percent unemployment right now, the lowest in <clears throat> five decades. This. Who, when, I, I'm going to ask your answer your question. We, don't, we might not disagree with you, but because we're not big fans of tariffs, right? So no, don't get but us I, wrong. But. but I want you to think about this though. Like, what's who? When you say who needs who more, let's remember that the entire Chinese economy is built on being an export economy. Yes, right. right. And if they're unable to export to the biggest consumer market in the world, is that going to hurt them more, or is it going to hurt us more because we have to pay a little bit more for a microwave? And serious question, though. I mean, what? Think about that. Who's going to get hurt more in that scenario? I would say that they will, but they have much more uh, ability. There you go. Aim, right? They don't have a free press. They don't have. Um, uh, they the, the people aren't going to revolt there. It's a, it's, a, it's a controlled society. So Frank, the, it doesn't matter. It, but Frank, you just answered your own question, yeah. though. I mean, the question is, who's going to get hurt more? Who's but, got the upper hand in that kind of negotiation? Mm-hmm. I would say we do. Yeah. Wouldn't you? And and Frank, would you just leave it the way it is? And again, I'm not I'm not arguing with you. I'm just saying, would you leave? If you look at the average tax, when we sell something to the Chinese, it's like twenty percent. 
when they sell something here, it's like two and a half percent. Would you just leave it like that? I mean, it seems to me for decades, Republicans and Democrats and more so Democrats really have said, hey, this is unfair. We're getting killed by the Chinese. We can't manufacture here anymore. We're not selling anything to them. This is unfair. And now Trump's trying to fix it. And they're saying eh, that's not right. I, I, how else would you fix it or would you just leave it the way it is? I wouldn't leave it the way it is. I think you have to take it on a case-by-case basis. Um, but the Chinese have said we're not going to move. They have said we're not going to move. I mean, what else would but, you do? If you were Donald he, Trump, what else would you do? If to, to fix that, what else would you do? But isn't he taking it on a case-by-case basis? I mean, he's starting with the car tariffs. He's moving to different types of products and services. Well, look what happened with the soybeans. Um, they got 92 or 95% of their soybeans from the United States before the tariff. Now they get it all from Brazil. And we've got guys in farms in, in North Dakota, South Dakota. I saw them, and last year I drove across the country, in these gigantic silos full of soybeans that they're not going to be able to sell. And so those guys are going to have to take the brunt of it. Well, so I, what else would you do? What then? else would I you mean, do? Though? But the question is, what else would you do? So now you've got this hand, right? We've got this hand where it's a lousy hand to play. Right. How do you get to a a fair, you know, trade deal with China at this point? Because we we might not this is, we might not disagree with you, Frank. Again, in a perfect world for for the financial guys, it would be zero zero, right? right. Exactly. We would be able to compete on our own merits, and it's not. It's not zero zero. It's not fair the way it is now. I don't. At least I don't think. And I. I mean, 20% to 2.5% is not fair trade. But you, you also realize that the Chinese have a totally different world. But how would you fix it, Frank? Yeah, but what's, what's your, what, 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 how would you go about it? Like, what, how would you negotiate it? What's, what's your, your Trump? What's your what Trump would you card? do? I would, I would figure out what's, where are they most vulnerable? How about, the, how about we? Uh, how about their food, Frank? Right. How about their food? If you, look at the, if you look at the land over there, they cannot make enough food. Sure. Too many mountains. So, uh, so you would put tariffs on their food, like soybeans? Um, yeah, it's a good one, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for the call. <laughs> yeah. I, look, I, I, and I think, Frank, to, to, to your point, like, I, we don't like tariffs. I, I can't say that enough. But again, we, you know, if, if this is the deal we're already in, right? That's right. Sometimes you have to take the, the radical way to go to get them to back down. I do think he's winning. I mean, when you look at, take the European Union, right? He went after the European Union, so we're going to oh my God, the whole uproar. And the next thing you know, the, the drunken uh, 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 European Union uh, President uh, Juxter is, is coming out going, yeah, I think we can get to zero. Yes. I think we might be able to get to zero. So yeah. it's worked, right? That's right. The Chinese are, are well, the Chinese a much higher threshold for pain. Right? It, I think that's it, what Frank's point was. They don't get to see the media. They don't know what's going on. That may be true. And yes, they may have a higher threshold for pain, but I still think we're in a much better position from a financial standpoint to be able to impose tariffs because they're the ones that rely on us as the consumer more so than we rely on them for their product. Absolutely. And and to, to your point about winning, they've already gone from 20 to 15, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, and and I and we know this, Larry Kudlow, his right-hand man is a pro growth. He wants it to be 0 Pretty 0. Sure. I assure you, he is sitting down with Donald Trump saying, "We do not want, you know, more taxes here. We don't want the cost of our goods to rise. It's going to hurt our economy. We want to get them from 20 to 0 or 20 to 2.5% closer to where, where we are. So let's think about yeah. John and Rochester. Yeah, good call, though. Yeah, no great doubt. call, Frank. 803-0930-STAR-930 on a cell phone. 1-800-616-9236. John and Rochester. How are you, buddy? I don't know what's going on. Did you did – you, uh, Drop off and call. You call back in, but I don't know if we just lost you or what happened there. Yeah, I could hear you, but uh, you couldn't hear me. But anyway, uh, Booker Edgers, what a class act. Yeah, he is. He really is. And uh, they're doing a lot of great things for the community. I know, you know, Glenn, uh, you did some work with him. You were on the board for a while for Make-A-Wish. But uh, 
really a class act, giving back to the community, which is, you know, a lot of these athletes get criticized. Oh, you're not doing enough, not doing enough. And then you look at a guy like Booker who for decades has been, you know, making sure he's been giving back to the community. And I'll, and I'll, t- I'll tell you, you know why he's class? He corrected me. I, I had an interception return. I know. I would have taken credit for it. I said. I, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just kidding. But uh, I, I, I think I saw him return a punt 75 yards. For, yeah. But that's another story. He was a phenomenal cornerback, and uh, re, uh, and he did return some punts also. But, well, but and, he, and he did, to Glenn's point, Mr. Sports here, that uh, he did pick <laughs> off Joe Namath. Yeah, that one game uh, – I think it was 1968 when I think they intercepted six Namath passes, returned I think three for touchdowns, and that was the only game the Bills won that late year, and uh, the Jets ended up going to the Super Bowl. Wow. That was quite the game. I remember it well. Listen, uh, the China debacle on the tariffs, uh, Trump's got to do what he's got to do. China is – they are our enemy, and uh, – we have to stop the stealing of intellectual property in addition to the unfair. Well, we didn't even get to that, and that's a great point, John. I mean, a lot of people forget that you know they, get, they have the opportunity to come over here and pretty much buy whatever they want. We don't have that opportunity, right? Somebody comes up with the coolest technology in China, the three of us aren't going over there and buying it. But guess what? We come up with cool technology here. They can walk over and walk away with it. It's a big deal. They're, they're basically they're criminals. And well, they're they're stealing. I mean, they are they, actually hacking into our our corporate you know servers and things like that, and stealing design plans. They're stealing formulas. They're stealing blueprints and all kinds of stuff. And then they create these knockoffs and they sell them here for for cheap, you know. And so, you know, it, it's a, it's a really a, a bad situation if for some of these you know larger corporations that are trying to to compete. It's it look if it, we have to have good partners on the world stage, we have to have fair deals, and we can't be taken advantage of all the time. I mean, there are certain cases where you can say, okay, fine, yeah, you got a little bit better deal than we did. Not every scenario where a trade deal is going to be perfect. That's just the way life is. Not every not every trade in the NFL is perfect, right? Sometimes you pay more for somebody than you should, and sometimes you pay less, right? Yep. That's the way the world works. But if we can start to move towards some of these, you know, deals that are more fair in a way that puts us on an even playing field for those that are not going to be good partners in the world on the world stage for those like china that are going to continue to steal intellectual goods and uh you know and then play dirty to link to you know manipulate their currency and things like that those types of players need to be frozen out of the of the economy mm-hmm. so that's you know that's or, or from the world stage right from the world global thing that's that's what we need to do well i know a guy and i think i told you this maybe a few years ago uh, who set up a manufacturing plant in China, and it, it, it come to find out his general manager there, a Chinese citizen, uh, stole millions of dollars from him. Yeah. Uh, they, they tracked it down through uh, an audit, international audit, brought in the authorities from that province in China, and they laughed at him. Yeah, they, they were probably in on it. They said, <laughs> check us, yep. pursue action against a Chinese citizen. Yeah. 
Yeah. Hey, John, thanks for the call, buddy. we got to take a quick break. Uh, Mike Lomas, Glen Wiggle Financial. Guys, you want to hop on board? We do have some open phone lines here, so we can sneak in quick. 803-0930, star 930 on a cell phone. If you need us throughout the week, folks, 633-1515. Remember our office, we've departmentalized. We can help you with social security planning, certified social security claiming strategist, estate plannings. We have in-house estate planning attorneys, uh, certified uh, divorce financial analyst. We've got chartered financial analyst and a separate arm that just focuses on manage money, managing money, bringing Wall Street to Main Street. Paul uh, Meeks, our uh, uh, one of our uh, consultants on the investment arm, was on CNBC again this week as a as a uh, CNBC Squawk Box as a consultant. So use us as a resource. Six three three one five one five one five one five. Our website thefinancialguys.com. Check out our podcast, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and again, use this as a resource. By the way, Medicare, independent Medicare reps. These are AHIP certified reps. So these are not folks that just say, I know a little bit about Medicare. They are AHIP certified independent reps and can help guide you through the Medicare world. So, And it is a complimentary consultation. And by the way, it doesn't cost you any, it's no different whether you do all the work yourself or you use one of our AHIP certified reps. And I can't tell you enough how I stress the word certification. That's a big deal. 633-1515. We're going to take a real quick break here. We come back. Mike Lomas, Glenn Wiggle, we'll hit the phone lines. 803-0930, star 930 on a cell phone. All righty, welcome back. Mike Lomas, Glen Wiggle Financial Guys. The place where money meets politics. Need us throughout the week, folks, 633-1515. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and our website, thefinancialguys.com. And, uh, again, whether it's Medicare planning, retirement planning, estate planning, we can help you. We are uh, Departments are very comprehensive, certified experts in each division, and uh, we can help. 633-1515. If you want to sneak in a call here, 803-0930, star 930 on a cell phone. Uh, Glenn, we teased, we teased the Elizabeth Warren clip. and then I'll play it. I'll play it. We went off in a different direction. No, I'll, I'll play it. I, I'll, I just want to, uh, I want to preface it first yeah. because it, it's, uh, it's more like a, an ad. But before I play that, I want to play this. This was a quick... Uh, a video from Larry Kudlow, and I, I just love this kind of stuff, and I hope he does more of it because he's absolutely right. So this this actually got like th- over three million views. Quick fifteen second video, and he just he just nails it in fifteen seconds. Wow, low unemployment, high jobs, high wages, big consumer confidence, major productivity, and no inflation. It's totally awesome. We're killing it on the economy. Love it. <laughs> no inflation. <laughs> I love it. We're killing it on the economy. And, uh, you know, he's absolutely right. The economy is firing on all cylinders. And really, it's defying most of the economists out there. Most of these economists, you got to remember that more than half of them are liberals. I yes, hate to say it, but sure. they're, they're, beca- they're being educated by, by indoctrinated right. by liberal economists in college. I mean, look no further than uh, Akasha Cortez and her supposed <laughs> economics degree. <laughs> yeah. Whoever taught her, oh, man, <laughs> they need to have their teaching license revoked. That's but, right. you know, Half these economists were talking about recession. It's got to be know, a early this year. No way. Slowing how, growth. How about the Trump tax right? cuts will only last one quarter? That's right. <laughs> That's Projected GDP for the first quarter was two point five. They 
knocked it out of the park with 3.2. Yes. They're beating the estimates on jobs. They're beating the estimates on unemployment. They're be- beating oh. the estimates on GDP growth. And by the way, all tides are being lifted, right? The bo- or Absolutely. All boats are being- so yes. uh, you know, when, you, when you look at specifically the, inner, the, the black community, a lowest unemployment rate, I think, in history, actually, right? In history, yes. So, so black community doing better, right? Um, you know, the the every ring is moving itself up. That's exactly right. what happens, by the way, when free market capitalism actually gets the ability and has the ability to That's free right. itself up. Now, are we where we need to be? Not even close. No, right? we could do Ta- much better. The the, the tax cuts. Uh, to me, we're an embarrassment to the Republican Party. The corporate side, awesome. Cut the rates in half. You got, well, a, a bring, a companies like Apple bringing $240 billion back to this country, creating 20,000 jobs. Love it, love it, love it. Should we have been way more aggressive on the individual tax side? You betcha. No doubt. <laughs> if Apple gets a 50% tax break, so should Mike and Glenn. That's right. And they should be cutting the spending. That's the problem oh, with, yes. with where they're at. You know, when it look, when you say rising tide raises all boats, you're absolutely right. To the left, though, and these liberals, the only thing they can do in the face of all these positive statistics is just flat out lie. What the lie is, is, well, yes, people are doing better, but it's only the 1%. Mm-mm. Let me give you a quick stat. You mentioned the, the income ring. So let's talk about quintiles. You've got five different quintiles, right? So 20 percentiles. The lowest quintile in their most recent report grew their wages by 4.2%. The highest quintile only grew their wages by about two and a half. So what does that tell you? Uh, And now every quintile, all five quintiles, every income bracket, all of the wages rose. But the wages for the bottom and the second from bottom quintile rose the most. How could that be? How could that be? Absolutely. But but the liberals they just they, well, the only thing they can do is say oh but just the one percent are participating very in fact Im- very impressive by the way with yeah. the fact that the stock market has done exceptionally well and the reason That's I right. say that is because of course as you become wealthier you start to invest in things like stocks and bonds and so oftentimes when you see a stock market that goes up ten or fifteen percent you'll see that top ring do a little bit better uh, they're doing better but the lowest ring is moving up. Which, which tells great. you there's more opportunities out there than ever before. Real, to, real positive sign. To, in, in liberal land, there is a complete and total twisted reality, right? What they'll tell you is we don't have the same. The, the kids in the lower socioeconomic bracket don't have the same, you know, opportunity that we used to. That's also false. In fact, it's like something like one out of every ten people born in the bottom, you know, ten or twenty percent of income brackets will someday be in the top. But at the same time. Out of you know something you know, one or two out of every, every you know of the ten will be in the bottom, right? So there's a lot of up and down mobility in our economy. Some people are rich, they become poor. Some people are poor, they become rich. You know, you look at people like Herman Cain. You look yes. at people like uh, 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 Dr. Carson, right? Yes. Uh, both of them came from poverty, yep. from nothing, yep. right? Became multi multi millionaires, super successful. Dr. Carson's a brain surgeon, that's, right? That's Herman right. Cain is a yeah. huge business owner, right? These are awesome things that we should be celebrating both, in America, both not of demonizing. Them. By the way, both of them will tell you, and they've told this on the platform when they were running for president, that there wasn't a government program that got them up. It was hard work. It was their family. It was their family structure. It was a dedication to saying, you know what, I'm here, and I'm not going to accept that. I'm going to move up the ladder. Both of them extremely successful. And wanting for their kids to having having the desire for their kids to do better. Dr. Carson tells a story about his mom making sure he was reading and, you know, making sure he was keeping up with the books and whatnot, and his mom making him read to, to, to her. And then finding out years later that his mom couldn't read, right? Hmm. Wanting him to be Unreal. better. 
yeah. wanting him to be better, to get out of poverty, get out of inner city Detroit, to make something of themselves. His mom cared, worked two jobs. That we could. That's what we need today. We need to get back to two-parent households. Now, he didn't have a, a two-parent household. He, didn't, he had a one-parent household, yeah. but his mom struggled. This is where, you know, we, I don't understand. We talk about, not to get off on a tangent, but we talk about things like school choice, giving your kids in the inner city the opportunity to, to, to escape the failing school systems, to get into a better school, to escape that grinding cycle of poverty that's been generation after generation. I don't, well, they are starting to wake up now. You're seeing it in, in droves. In fact, yes. I have a video here of a, of a, a, that I could play as well. Somebody, a by the way, seven year old woman saying, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm off. I'm a Republican now. I figured it out. And there and more and more people are figuring this out that are Latino, that are African American, that are all these minority groups. This is why the Democrats are fighting and digging their heels in for for the fight of their life, which is open borders and no uh, a voter, voter ID. ID. Yep. They need this, folks. The people on the, on the that are have been historically their base are starting to realize that wait a minute. Yeah. I'm doing better here. We, uh, Things I, are better for I me. I don't need the turkey during voting time. I I, I need that's a right. job, right? I and got a job. That's, that's right. right. Yep. That's awesome. Yep. You know, I want to just shout out to a couple of our, our Twitter followers, especially uh, Warren Wilkes, who uh, just sends us these fantastic and, and tweets these uh, awesome memes all the time. But he actually pointed out to me uh, about a week ago, uh, May 6th, he put this, I didn't even realize this, but he just sent a picture of courtesy of Erie County Executive Mark Polencars, his bags. Oh, this made is priceless, China. by the way. That is priceless. Made in China. Mark so he's out Polencars there is that. And they have his, what does it say, vote for Mark on it or no, something? No, just as courtesy of Erie County Executive Mark Polencars. But oh, here's the thing. I'm right? sure he paid for we're, it out of his own pocket, but, right? But here's the thing. <laughs> we're doing where we got rid of, he's handing out these grocery bags, right, so that he could get rid of plastic bags, right, because it's better for the environment, right, except he's buying the bags from some sweatshop in China who is the <laughs> Arguably the biggest, you know, global warming polluter in the That's world. Right. That's right? right. Nice job, Mark. What a hypocrite! Keep up you the are, liberal Mike. policies. Mike. You're, you're doing great, buddy. Made in China. Great. By the way, follow us on Twitter to check that out. Like yeah, us unreal. on Facebook. It's unreal. It, great. Made in China. What a hypocrite! Isn't that just uh, wonderful? You got You uh, you want to play yeah, a let video? Me find this clip. Right, yeah, cool. let me just kind of find. It. Give me a second. Here. Another uh, example, by the way. Somebody texted in Steve Harvey homeless. That's right. And yep, uh, he was homeless, and uh, not anymore. Yeah, Steve, Steve Harvey, you're right, another one. Very Just, bright uh, businessman and entrepreneur and uh, yep. a hardworking young man. I love those. Uh, by the way, I love those stories of people going from nothing to you know, to where they are. So, yeah, right, let me grab this clip One last thing, by the way. Two, apparently 290 westbound. We had a few texts, and there was an accident at Colvin Boulevard, and there's a big backup on the 290 west. So, yeah. All right, here we go. This is the Elizabeth Warren clip. This is about a minute 16. For decades, through something called redlining, our government locked many African-American families out of the American dream of owning a home. Here's how. From the 1930s to the 1960s, the Federal Housing I love Administration the folksy guitar. had color-coded maps drawn up of neighborhoods where they would and wouldn't back loans for homes. Let me stop right there. What she's saying is, which is true, <laughs> true. which is true. Absolutely. Your government, right, the Federal Housing Authority or Federal Housing Administration, whatever it's called, redline different areas to not give loans. So what should we do, according to her? Give more power and money to the federal government. That seems like a bright idea. <laughs> Think about the lunacy of the left when it comes to stuff like this, right? We decry the policies of the federal government, and at the same time they say, give me more of your money and I'll make the federal government more fair. Right. Right? It's never worked that way. So what was the response to this was the Community Reinvestment Act, which, of course, your federal government did wonderful things with that. That's but let right. Me finish 1977, federal the yeah, Community Reinvestment Act. Home ownership. Heavily African American neighborhoods got marked on the maps in red. 
and the FHA effectively denied home mortgages to those neighborhoods. Eventually, finally, redlining was outlawed. But you know what? There's never been anything done to make things right. No. Because of redlining. There's never been a community reinvestment. I guess, I guess she missed all those lawsuits from Andrew Como. Right. But here's the thing. Remember that, time remember that Elizabeth, when, when the bank said, we're probably not going to get paid back, and he said, we don't care, and... Then it caused uh, the creation of the subprime mortgage market through right. the Clintons. She Do missed all forgot, that. Forgot about that? No. Yeah, she missed all that. Let me play the rest of this. And other types of systematic discrimination, many black and Latino families haven't been able to build up the wealth through home ownership. So apparently she's missed the last couple of years. Yes. Where suddenly things in the black and the Latino communities are doing much, much, much better. Yes. Right? That here's the difference so, between liberals and Democrats like this. What she wants to do is like reparation. She wants to take money from those people that have it and give it to other groups. That's the entire Democrat platform. Contrast that with the conservative message and Trump's message, which is let's let's create an economy and a scenario where everybody can do better, where you can go out and get a job. You don't need the government handout. You can go out there and have prosperity by grabbing it yourself, by taking advantage of a robust economy and a robust job market. That's the difference. One side is handouts. One side is let's give you an opportunity to get a leg up. That's right. That's the difference. She wants the handouts. All right. We're uh, we're out of time here. 633-1515 if you need us throughout the week, folks. Place where money meets politics. Use us as a resource if you think like us. Take care. God bless. We'll see you next week.